Hello. Welcome to North Coast Calvary Chapel's audio podcast. Today we're going to dive into this concept of discernment. The idea that God is revealing himself and we have the capacity to recognize God in our life and follow him by faith. Today we need this idea more than ever because with all the information that's coming at us, we have to be really thoughtful and careful about how we're processing and what we're doing with all the information and data we're getting from our news feeds and social media, from friends. We gotta get back to this idea of discernment and look deeply into the scriptures about what it has to teach us about how to be discerning people. And so to do that, I wanna begin by looking at 1 Corinthians chapter two. And listen to what Paul has to say about discernment. He says that this is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, explaining spiritual realities with Spirit-taught words. The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. Let me say that again, because they are discerned only through the Spirit. The person with the Spirit makes judgments about all things, but such a person is not subject to merely human judgments. Such a powerful concept, this idea of spiritual discernment. And I want to just review real quick what Paul's teaching us here. Number one, he's showing us that there's a difference between human wisdom and the kind of wisdom and insight that we can get from God, and as he put it, from the Spirit alone. Number two, we need the Holy Spirit, and as the people of God, we've been given a huge gift, the Holy Spirit, who helps us to discern and recognize God's wisdom in our day-to-day decisions and the most critical decisions of our life. Then he drops the bomb, this idea of discernment, the ability to distinguish and separate good ideas from the best ideas. God's wisdom from the world's wisdom. And the last idea is this idea of foolishness. That for us as the people of God to follow God's wisdom means we have to be willing to look foolish in the eyes of the world. And that means that the way in which we discern God's wisdom is gonna look silly to the world. And not only that, the way we respond and the things that we do and the choices that we make will sometimes make us look really foolish. But it's worth it because God's wisdom is so much higher than the wisdom of the world and that's the invitation for us today. So after looking at what Paul has to say, we get a couple things about the benefits of discernment. Number one, discernment is God's gift and grace to us as as the people of God. Number two, discernment is for God's glory so that our lives can rise above just mere human judgment and we can actually manifest God's perfect and holy wisdom on earth. Thirdly, discernment is for the sake of our good and for the sake of the world. This is our gift to the world and more than ever in this time, the world needs the people of God to bring discernment to the table. What are the places in your life where you are needing discernment? We need discernment when we're deciding, should we break up with our girlfriend or boyfriend? We need discernment on more weighty issues, like where do we go to college, or what's our major gonna be, or what are we gonna do, and how are we gonna handle our finances? How do we budget our finances in ways that are honoring to God? We need discernment when we're we're trying to make decisions about who we wanna spend the rest of our life with. 
And we definitely need discernment when it comes to knowing how to respond to the issues that are facing our society today. We need more than information. We need more than data. We need more than the news can give us. We need God's wisdom. We need discernment. And to get to that, I wanna just start with a definition of discernment. From one of my favorite authors, she has this dis- definition for discernment. Discernment is the increasing capacity to recognize and respond to the presence and activity of God. All right, so let me say that again. Discernment is the increasing capacity to recognize and respond to God's presence and activity. I love this definition because one, it has this idea of recognizing God. We are not just looking at what's happening in the world and going, okay, what do I think about it? We have a whole other level of perception and insight to the realities of the world that people who don't have the spirit don't have. We get to look to recognize God moving in our midst. And that assumes that God is revealing himself. If God is not revealing himself, we can't recognize him. And that's so important because it shows us that God is a loving God, a loving father who wants to communicate to you and speak to you and give you wisdom to help you make critical choices in your life and to know how to process everything that you're seeing going on around us in the world. It says in Psalm 32, eight, God promises this, I will instruct you and teach you in the way that you should go. I will counsel you and I will watch over you. What an amazing promise. So what does it look like to recognize God when he's revealing himself? In what ways does God reveal himself to us? And how can we learn to recognize God and mature in our discernment? To do that, we're gonna go to Acts 15. We're gonna watch the early church, the early believers, have to discern and recognize God's will in a really critical issue. So I wanna turn to us, turn us to Acts 15, beginning in verse one says this, certain people came down from Judea to Antioch and were teaching the believers, unless you are circumcised according to the custom taught by Moses, you cannot be saved. This brought Paul and Barnabas into sharp dispute and debate with them. Can you relate to circumstances that elicit sharp dispute and debate? It's like all around us. It just feels like debating and disputes are just swirling around us. So Paul and Barnabas were appointed along with some other believers to go up to Jerusalem to see the apostles and elders about this question. The church sent them on their way and as they traveled through Phoenicia and Samaria, they told how the Gentiles had been converted. This news made all the believers very glad and when they came to Jerusalem, they were welcomed by the church and the apostles and elders to whom they reported everything God had done through them. Now here we're gonna see what the issue is. Then some of the believers who belonged to the party of the Pharisees stood up and said, the Gentiles must be circumcised and required to keep the law of Moses. The apostles and elders met to consider this question. And after much discussion, Peter got up and addressed them. Brothers, you know that some time ago, God made a choice among you that the Gentiles might hear from my lips the message of the gospel and believe. He's referring to Acts 10, when he was sent to Cornelius' home and the Holy Spirit came down. God who knows the heart showed that he accepted them by giving the Holy Spirit to them, just as he did to us. He did not discriminate between us and them, for he purified their hearts by faith. 
Now then, why do you try to test God by putting on the necks of Gentiles a yoke that neither we nor our ancestors have been able to bear? No. We believe it is through the grace of our Lord Jesus that we are saved just as they are. The whole assembly became silent as they listened to Barnabas and Paul telling about the signs and wonders God had done among the Gentiles through them. And when they finished, James, who's the brother of Jesus, spoke up. Brothers, he said, listen to me. And then after this moment, James goes on to quote Amos chapter 9, verses 11 to 12, and he begins to share with them how the scriptures actually confirm and authenticate God's long-standing commitment and desire to bring Gentiles into the family of God. All right, so this is such an important scene, and I want to just go back and talk about, first, what is the issue that this early community had to discern? Well, first, it says in verse 6 that they met to consider what to do between the, the believers who were from the Pharisees and Paul and Barnabas' perspective. They had to meet to consider, which means they met to discern. They didn't just jump to snap decisions. They didn't just react under pressure or old biases or simply just doing what they've always done in their tradition. They met to consider, they met to discern. But again, what was the issue they had to discern? Very specifically, they had to discern if Gentiles had to be circumcised and follow the law the way that the Christian Jews had before Jesus had shown up. And so this is a critical issue, and you can kind of appreciate how difficult this was for them because circumcision was a part of, one, the law. You can go back to the Old Testament, see how important it was and how essential it was in the law. And number two, it was a, it was a, a tradition that they had held for thousands and thousands of years. And so this was not a light matter. This was a really big deal and really difficult for them to kind of sift through. Now, that's what, where we need discernment the most. In these moments where we have to make critical judgments about what's happening around us, rather than making snap decisions or just simply reacting. I want to just look at how God reveals himself in this passage. Number one, he reveals himself through scripture. When James quotes scripture, Amos 9, we see that God reveals himself through the Holy Spirit. We see that God reveals himself through common sense. Number four, God reveals himself through wise counsel. And lastly, God reveals himself so that we can discern his leading through circumstantial signs. I want to do a quick review of how we see that in the passage and then talk about what that means for us. Because God reveals himself, we're able to discern and recognize what he's doing. Number one, common sense. Well, we see that in verse six, that disciples used common sense, right? They meant to consider, and there was much discussion, it says in verse seven. What they did was they got the believers from the party of the Pharisees, they got Paul and Barnabas, they had Paul and Barnabas report on everything that they had been seeing and experiencing, and then it says they really chewed on together, they talked about it, they collected and gathered all relevant information and data, and they used common sense. But as we're gonna see, Collecting information and data really isn't enough to give us the ability to discern. We need more. And so then they go to identify the Holy Spirit's activity in the midst of this situation. And so that's when in verses seven to nine, Peter speaks up and he starts talking about how the Holy Spirit showed up when he was sent to Cornelius' home. If you remember, Cornelius was a Gentile centurion. And as he was preaching the gospel, 
to Cornelius. The Holy Spirit came down on Cornelius and on all the Gentiles who were gathered. It was that activity of the Holy Spirit that helped the early Christian believers discern and recognize what God was doing in their midst, even though it was really counter to everything they had been taught to believe. And even though it cut against the grain of their own prejudices. And then circumstantial signs. This is really important because God is gonna give us signs of what he's doing in our midst to help us discern. Because God is always at work and always on the move. And we see that first with Paul and Barnabas' reporting. It says in verse 12 that Paul and Barnabas reported on all the signs and wonders of the Holy Spirit as they were seeing Gentiles coming to faith. It's really important for us to look at what are the signs that God is trying to give to us. Another sign was looking at what happened with Cornelius, not as a one-off moment of mercy, but as an indicator of what God wanted to do for all Gentiles. Because sometimes what God is doing in a moment is meant to give us wisdom about the bigger picture of what God is doing in our midst. That's so important for us to consider. Sometimes what God is doing in a moment is meant to give us a deeper perspective about what God is doing in the bigger picture. And then lastly, we see, or not lastly, but next we see scripture. Like I said, James stands up and he quotes the word of God. Amos chapter nine, 11 through 12, authenticating that this indeed is God's heart and character to bring in the Gentiles into the family of God. This is not just crazy Paul and Barnabas doing their wild antics out on the fringes of um, you know, the, the church. This is actually really, truly the movement of God. And then lastly, wise counsel. Seeking wise counsel is so important for us as we discern God's will. It says in the Bible, where there are many counselors, a plan is unfailing. Who are the wise counselors in your life when you're trying to discern? We see them lean into, one, James's discernment and perspective. At the very end of the story, James speaks up and gives his opinion. Well, James was one of the leaders of the church, and so was Peter, and we see them listening to Peter and James to give them perspective, and not just jumping to their own conclusions based on the pressure that they're getting from the, the, um, the believers from the, from the party of the Pharisees. Now, where does that leave us? Um, well, here's the thing that I wanna really emphasize, and this gets us to the main point of this whole message. For us to discern in our life, whether it's in the ordinary, but in particular, the things that matter most to us, we need to learn to rely not on just one of the pathways that God reveals himself. What you see in the early churches, they don't just rely on common sense. They don't just gather a bunch of information, listen to Paul and Barnabas, listen to the other believers, and then make a decision. Or they don't just read the scriptures and go, no, look, it says here, the law is clear, be circumcised. And if you read the law, it even talks about people who are new to the faith, proselytes, people who are not Jews, who join the faith, are also to be circumcised. So if they had just consulted scripture, that alone wouldn't have been enough for them. So no, we gotta access, especially on the more important issues, we have to access all the different pathways God reveals himself. Think of like an X and Y axis, right? Like maybe in our life we, we rely on human, we rely on common sense, and maybe we rely on wise counsel or common sense and scripture, and we can plot our coordinates of decision-making 
based on those two kind of coordinates, our X and Y axis. But scripture's giving us a more robust, profound picture and capacity for discernment. Not just two coordinates, but five. Five different ways in which God wants to reveal insight to us so that we can make the best possible decisions in our life and reveal God's glory and his goodness. So don't rely on just one. Which one do you tend to rely on? Of the five, all right? Okay, so let's review them. Common sense, wisdom, I'm sorry, the wise counsel, um, scripture, Holy Spirit activity, circumstantial signs. What are the ones that you tend to rely on? And which ones are harder for you? For some of us, common sense is always the go-to, right? Get the news, listen to your favorite news feed, boom, make a decision. Others of us are more inclined towards spiritual impressions, but we don't really gather all the necessary facts and data. Either way, God is inviting us to be maturing followers of Jesus, maturing in our gift and capacity to discern and recognize God. And to do that, we need the whole body of believers, but it's so easy to get frustrated and push away believers who don't believe what we believe. But here you can see that because they held the views of all the believers' intention, they were able to make wise decisions and discernment that changed the face of the church and the face of the world. Um, Lastly, I want to challenge us. um, What are the areas in your life where you need discernment right now? I think sometimes when we don't understand and we forget about the gift of discernment, we just make knee-jerk reactions out of our assumptions or, we just, or reactivity, right? We just do a fight-or-flight reaction. We react on, on information or convictions that we had from before, but that prevents us from being open to the new thing that God is doing in our life. And so where is God inviting us to practice discernment? Where do you need discernment? I want to invite you in just a minute to hit the pause button on the video before we go to the next worship set and I close this with a blessing. I want to invite you guys to pause and reflect on two things with people in your home or, or call up a friend and just talk about this. One, where is God inviting you to practice discernment? And what would it look like for you to open up different pathways to God revealing himself for you to you in your life? And, and then next, I want to ask you, Of these different types of ways in which God reveals himself, where do you need to grow the most right now? Do you find yourself maybe kind of uncomfortable or closed off to certain pathways? Maybe this is a season in your life that God wants to grow and mature your capacity for discernment. Take a moment and talk with your family, your friends. Where are you being called to discern? And where do you need to grow in your capacity to recognize God? At the very beginning, I was reading from 1 Corinthians where Paul talks about the gift of the Spirit to give us discernment and spiritual insight. And he contrasted that with human wisdom. The cost of growing more and more in God's wisdom means that we're going to look foolish sometimes. I mean, we don't simply rely on what the world relies on to understand and perceive what's happening around us. But that's a gift that God has given us as the people of God to bring to the world. 
And more now than ever, the world needs us as the people of God to bring that gift to the, issue, the most challenging issues that are facing our society. And it begins right here. It begins with the willingness for us to see that God has so much more to give to us in our understanding of what's happening. To believe that God as a loving Father wants to speak to you and reveal his will to you through the Holy Spirit, through scripture, through wise counsel, through common sense, and to allow God to increase your wisdom all the days of your life in the ordinary things in your life and in the big ones. So I wanna just close out with this blessing. And as I read this blessing to you guys from uh, Paul's letter to the believers in Ephesus, I wanna encourage you to keep having this conversation with your friends, your family. What does it mean for you as a follower of Jesus to practice discernment and to grow in wisdom in your life right now? Where does that, how does that excite you? And where do you feel the challenge of that invitation right now? But Paul's blessing. I want to pray this, read the scripture over you and then bless you. Paul says this, I have not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly, asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand. I want to pray that over you. I bless you to be flooded with the light of God's wisdom. I bless you to sense him leading you into the secret place to speak to you and reveal his will to you. I bless you to find people who can be people of wise counsel in your life. I bless you to grow in wisdom and discernment. And may the fruit of the Spirit be your reward, peace, patience, self-control, enduring joy, kindness, and unfailing love. God bless you. Have a great week. Thanks for listening this week. If you're looking for ways to serve, give, or get connected, please visit our website, northcoastcalvary.org.